Welcome to the It's All About Relationships podcast. This is Dr. Marty Folsom, and this is our third episode that we are entering into today. We're so glad you can be with us. So we focus in this podcast on relationships with God, with others, and with ourselves, trying to discover what face-to-face -face relationships look like and what it means to live in healthy kinds of ways in what I call the field of the personal. So today we're going to have an ongoing investigation with my first book, Face to Face, Volume 1, Missing Love, and really just asking the question, why did you write this book? So this book was taking years of speaking to people about the nature of personal relationships, and people who I spoke with often say, oh, I wish I had something written down about this. So the day came where I actually sat down and started to write a book and face-to-face -face was a way to engage this personal way of being. And I love just being with people face-to-face. -face. There's nothing like sitting at Starbucks with a cup of coffee and somebody who you like and just letting the time slip away and enjoying. So this book is intended to experience a little bit of that coffee shop piece. In fact, a lot of this book I did write at the Starbucks in Snohomish and some of it at the Starbucks in Sail Hill Road where my daughter was working. So coffee shops are part of the DNA of this book and a lot of it's to really get this feel of what does it look like to really speak and live and learn in the field of the personal. So I wanted this book to have something about being passionately present. Now, when you think about books, you often think about what fills your head, but there's something about passion that says, I'm engaged with life, I'm engaged with the world, and I wanted this book to use my passion about things that are important to me, and to really look at what does it mean to be present to those things, and language helps us to do that. So telling a story helps us to get into what it is that's going on. So. Uh, beginning talking about stories of what happened to me long ago and the way I had aha moments. And I love aha moments, those words or stories or pictures where you get something that really awakens you, where somehow the lights flip on and the coffee is warm and hot and you sip it and, ah, oh, that's what I've been looking for. So this book is about being passionately present, really engaging with life and getting just out of the head and then actually engaging how we act in life. So I want people to not just think differently, I want them to have a sense that when they think about loving God, loving neighbor, loving self, that there's something that we do, that we don't just have something that's in our heads that we think, nice thought. I want to see people embracing one another and speaking with tones of voices where people just love to sit and listen to that tone of voice and to see the smile on the face and to feel a sense of, wow, this feels like connecting. I love that about Brene Brown, that she thinks that the essence of life is about connecting. And that's certainly what it is and I'm about as well. So for me, theology is not about living in your head. It's about this intentional life of passionately desiring to know and be known. So this is all about personal relationships. And I say personal relationships, and it's easy to go, oh yeah, personal relationships, and move on. But to really stop and go, what does it mean to be a person? And to not just think of persons as just humans with bodies, but to say, there's something about being a person that 
is not necessarily always present. So you may have friends that are on the other side of the world, but when you mention their name, a smile comes to your face. Um, they, they may have a body on the other side of the world, but that body isn't sitting there with you. And yet somehow who they are is somebody who's part of your memory, who you'd love to be with. Um, all of those things are part of who they are as a person. So personhood has to do with someone who you know, who know or has known you. You may still have a personal relationship with somebody who's no longer on this earth. Um, there's people who you have a sense of shared history. You have a sense of what they love and care about and you love and care about the same kind of things. So the nature of the personal, oh, and here's a big word, has to do with transcendence. And all I mean by transcendence is you get out of your head and you engage the other person. And guess what? Words do that. Hey, how you doing? I've just transcended myself. And when you say, hey, I'm doing okay, or you know, I don't know, you're letting me know what's going on. So to transcend is to go out and meet somebody and to have them come out and meet you. And the personal lives in that going out and meeting and embracing and responding. It's kind of like a ping pong game, except it can be a lot funner because you're not worried about missing the ball. So personal relationships are really what the invitation of this book is about. It's something that I wish that we did more starting in kindergarten. Um, how do you learn just to talk to somebody? We, you know, learn how to do math and how to write, but just to learn how to have kind conversations and how to really make sure you're hearing another person. That's all part of learning to play the ping pong of a personal relationship. Learning to tell your story for a child to say, you have a story and you're going to have an ongoing story. Learn to think about your own story and to share that story and invite people into that story and to recognize that life is not lived looking in the rearview mirror at what's been, but sometimes what's behind you gives you ways of telling other people about where you're going with them and inviting them to share the story into the future. So I call this life in discovery mode. And so if this book leads you to say, wow, I'd never thought about that before. I, I could think about engaging people, transcending myself, letting myself be known and asking them, so tell me a story about how you feel about your parents or how you feel about being in the woods or how you feel about being on a beach or how do you feel when somebody asks you to do something artistic? Does that shut you down or does that bring out the best in you? All of that invitation is about letting the personal be a space of opening for somebody else to come and be a playmate. So again, I wrote this book to create playmates, people who are willing to spend time together, people who are willing to learn how to talk and listen and learn about one another. And I think this is about the search for meaning. Now, some people think about the search for meaning as some abstract philosophical thing, but Meaning is just about finding your context. So if you know that you do better in a coffee shop than you do in front of a bunch of people on a stage, then it's meaningful for you to have a particular kind of relationship that is maybe slower paced, where it allows for a dialogue. Maybe you love to be somebody who learns and shares it to a big group. That's great. You're finding what's meaningful for you. You're finding your context where you can be the gift that you're made to be. And so this whole finding of your place is finding a meaningful life, and it's a lot finding the gift that you have to give. And that may be as a doctor or a mother or a sister or whatever it is, there's a sense of giftedness in the personal that you get to show up, discover how you can be the best 
person that you can be in that context and make a difference for other people. So in my writing, in this book, I'm trying to bridge between all the things that I've learned in the academy where I had discovered all kinds of keys and doors and lost things. I love it when Gandalf says in The Lord of the Rings, there are things that ought not to have been forgotten that were forgotten. And you see him going off in the movie to go into this library with all these ancient books and discovering things that were lost. And that's the way I feel all the time. I feel a bit of a Gandalf in me. There's so much that gets lost that just needs to be discovered. So I love the Academy because it has so much, but there's so much that just doesn't get discovered. So I want to connect the Academy with the life of friendships, the life of families, and not just how do we survive, but what does it really look like to thrive in the way that we build our friendships, the way that we learn to have conversations with our neighbors where we're used to do it over the fence, but maybe we live in apartments now. Maybe we live in condos and the nature of the fence is a little bit different. So what does it look like to knock on a door or to just be the one who, when you see somebody in the hall says, Hey, what's your name? There's all kinds of ways to think to bridge into things, to bridge into relationships. So it's really easy for us to go into a reclusive mode where we just create our own space and live within it. So to be a bridge person is to say, I will not be an island. I will be the one who builds the bridges with other people. In this whole journey, I think that um, it's not about finding more and more knowledge. It's really maybe learning how to have better and better questions. I found that just having a bunch of knowledge and facts, people kind of shake their head and go, okay, whatever. But if you say, what do you think about, and it can be about particular kind of food or an artist or a song. Well, you know, what do you think about this? It gives an opportunity to open up in a way. So I say questions are about creating those bridges. And so if we have better and better questions, we are going to have better and better bridges with people. And if they know us as just somebody who asks a lot of questions, then it's like, you've got lots of doors. You've like got lots of ways in. So I love to provide in my writing questions. What does it look like to love? And what in the world does it look like if love doesn't have one definition? What if there's 10,000 definitions? Um, I've said that in this book, I really want to ask the question, why in the world is love so absent from our life? There's a lot of people that are worried about evil in the world and things like that. And you know what? I don't know that I really am going to be able to find the answer to that, but the question, why is love so absent? I think that's a question worth asking, and I think that there are, are ways we can answer that. Why love is so hard for people. There are things that get in the way. So this book is going to really be about why is it so hard, and what are the things that get in the way? And one of the first things is we largely have been taught to live in our heads, that to be a person is to think. And if you're thinking inside your head and not talking about it, it's easy to build a whole world inside of your head that you never come out of. I love my daughter's phrase that we develop periscope heads, that we may come out of ourselves just by raising up our periscope, looking around out of our little submarine, and oh, yep, there you are over there, and there you are over there, but you know what? We're still in our submarine kind of world, and I think that's a detached world, and guess what? That does not create the context where love really grows. So, somehow we got to get out of our heads and into the dialogue. 
I think that we also have been really taught to develop in-person relationships. And by in-person relationships, it means we put everybody into a category of class. Oh, you're a you're an older male. I don't know if I can trust you. And so we categorize somebody and we make them an object. And if they're an object, that means they're we have depersonalized them. So if we just going down the street go male, female, old, young, strange clothes, too too good looking for me, um, we just start labeling the world and it just creates a relationship to it that ultimately ends up impersonal. And so there are fewer and fewer people who we just feel we can be comfortable to be ourselves with or to let them be theirself with, and we really develop into just a bunch of bubbles bumping into one another. We can see our bubble and all that. Maybe we can't see the bubble, but it's there. And the bubble is that just, I'm afraid what you'll think if you really knew me, and I don't know if I want to risk getting to know you because it might take too much time or I may not like you and I don't want you to be offended if I don't spend more time with you or all those things create the bubbles of distance. So somehow we have to recognize that's there and ask who do I want to be as somebody who instigates, who lights the fire of love that makes it all worthwhile. So we live in a world of growing apart. I find it so amazing that we live in apartments in so many cases, and apartments means we're living apart. Even though we share a wall, we are separate. This is all developed in a world that I think is passing, a, a world of roles and rules. It's the world of our parents and grandparents where everybody had everything defined, but that world is fading away. And I think there's a new age. It's the age where I'm hoping that face-to-face -face can be possible, even if we use Facebook to do it. So, discovering that world, that's why I wrote this book. Discovering a world where knowing and being known, getting out of the bubble, really engaging, is what it's all about. So I'd like to thank you again today for tuning again to this it's all about relationships podcast with Dr. Marty Folsom. And you might go visit my website at drmartyfolsom.com and see the ways that's developing and the possibility of what it looks like to keep pressing in, not only for yourself, but to have conversations with others about this conversation. It's all about relationships. Thanks for tuning in today. Bye-bye.